Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Howdy, Todd. Dr. Wignall, how are you? Pretty good. Yeah? Yep. I'm excited to talk about hyper-responsibility, mm-hmm. which I feel like, is this, is this a real phrase or did you just coin this? I don't, I don't know that it's uh, like this is like an accepted phrase mm. in research. I'm not sure. I don't think I coined it. Mm. I like it. Yeah. Do you hyphenate it or is it all one word? <laughs> like hyper Personally, dash. Hyph- resp- I'm, I'm, I'm a big hyphenator. Yeah. Yeah. It's too, it's too confusing <laughs> when you put those, like all those letters. It looks German, you know, like 28 <laughs> letters in a single word. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Work. yeah. Those long super, yeah. you're like, what? This uh-uh. can't be real. No. Yeah. The hyphen's nice. Helps Do me. you do that in your old age? You spell a, a word you say a thousand times a day and you kind of look at it and go, is that how you spell that? Mm. You ever done that? Okay, never mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a very good speller, so I feel like I just do that all the time. <laughs> all the I time. I don't know yeah. if it's like old age or not, but. Yeah, I've, I've recently, I've spelt a couple of words that like are really easy and kind of yeah. really look at it and say, man, is that really how you spell Weir, you know? Disappointed. I've been struggling spe- to spell disappointed. Ah, two S's or one? Is that spelling. where you get stuck? Is it like the t- S's or the P? I feel like it's one S and two P's, right? One S, two P's, yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, Hyper-responsibility, though. <laughs> right. Maybe we should talk about psychology, <laughs> not spelling. <laughs> okay. So what, uh, what is hyper-responsibility exactly? Or, or how does this come up for you in your, in your work? You know, I, I see this, um, I wanted to say, you know, I was thinking about it and I, I wanted to say that this comes up a lot of the times with, uh, individuals with anxiety kind of issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's, it's present maybe in a different way too in, um, depression as well. Um, kind of this egocentric kind of, um, theory, I guess, about, about how you interact with the world or, or, or how you fit into the world, it seems. Wait, wait, break that down. Egocentric theory about how you interact with the world? Yeah. I mean, I mean, both with the, the idea that you are, um, responsible for, for everything in your life, um, puts you at the center of everything, right? I mean, if everything's kind of, um, your, your responsibility or your fault or Mm -hmm. your, Whatever I mean, you are the glue that holds everything in the world together. So oh. it's it's kind of fairly egocentric. In depression, you can see this as well with kind of it's my fault that I did this and I should have done you know. And there's mm-hmm. very again a very kind of egocentric I I I, I right. and it's kind of very like with anxiety, it can be very what's going to happen to me. Yeah, like yeah. What are these thing, bad yeah. things that are going to happen to me? Or or what, or just this view that you are, you know, the cause or the the responsible party in every mm-hmm. situation out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to think about it as kind of egocentric and, and um, the fear that it might go it, bad or the fear that you didn't do it right and messed everybody up. Cause I feel like a lot of people who are, uh, hyper responsible, it may, it, you could almost see how it would feel the opposite. Like you're so focused on other people yeah. and other things. Yeah. Right. And you want everything to go well and uh-huh. you want everything to, to everybody to be well. And, and it's, yeah. So it doesn't, yeah, I can see how it would be a little incongruent in your mind. That oh, so, let's, okay, so let's back up. What's so wrong with being um, extra responsible? Isn't being responsible a good thing? Like, aren't you being conscientious and taking care of other people? And yeah, um, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't seem to be the issue. You know, responsibility is fine. It's healthy, and and it's um, I think extremely healthy healthy for us to be responsible. 
um, the problem then becomes a, 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 a definition of what are you responsible for, you know, and, and people with hyper responsibility often, um, well, let, let's put it this way. You can only be responsible for what you can control for what you can mm-hmm. do. Right. And if you're selecting targets that are outside of that definition within your control, it's going to be extremely problematic. Yeah. And often people with hyper responsibility find themselves caring for or doing things for other people um, constantly to try to ensure some outcome. Um, yeah. What's, what's a specific example of this? Can you think of like a, a recent client or situation where this comes up? Mm, yeah. I have, I have a client that kind of would say that they just wait kind of hand and foot on their spouse and and organize events for them and and kind of uh, pack for them and care for them and and just i mean but then also resents that at the very same time and is very angry that 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 um or frustrated by the fact that her spouse is so clueless and can't take care of himself right so it's it's a really interesting relationship but there's this hyper response and, and then sh- extreme anxiety if she doesn't do these things you know she she just feels like she has to take care from him or just horrendous things will befall him in his life and the idea is that she feels responsible for him, like him like if he were this to go on I a trip and not I have, have to do this i have right to things. do that and i have to yeah so okay so this is where it gets interesting i think because it in some ways it is tr- like i'm sure this person if she did not pack for her spouse right he likely would forget a thing or two, right? Because he's probably out of, out of practice and he's been relying on her to do it forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so she is saying, if that were to happen, I would be responsible for his... Calamity. Distress. Yeah. 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 At not having the right socks mm-hmm. um, on the business trip or whatever. Yeah. Or his right? embarrassment. Should he pull a goofy tie out of his bag that he packed instead of a, a good one that she packed? Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, but isn't that... I mean, it's true. If she didn't do it, something kind of bad probably would happen to him, right? So doesn't that mean she's responsible for him? <laughs> well, I'm playing devil's advocate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I would, I would one, take issue with your use of bad there. But <laughs> something would happen. Something unfortunate <laughs> might happen. But yeah, and I think that's the, the part she's afraid of, that she would be responsible for those adverse events or, or those events of inconvenience or whatever it is, right? It seems like you're saying that just because you doing something or not doing something and someone else experiencing discomfort or something adverse doesn't necessarily mean you're responsible for it. No. I mean, I mean, unless we believe in time travel and they're like alternate <laughs> outcome, you know, kind of things going on that I'm <laughs> unaware of. But, um, th- the idea that my client experiences extreme anxiety at the thought of her partner having to adjust to, um, something he may or may not have planned for um, is so excruciating that it impacts her day-to-day functioning and her mental well-being, you know, and there's where the hyper-responsibility, I think, comes in. It's fine to to feel like you could have had an impact in, a, in an alternate kind of outcome, but when that's, like, excruciatingly anxiety-provoking for you, that's... But I think what know. people like that get hung up on is they literally, by choosing not to pack mm-hmm. for her husband... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He would, she would be subjecting him to discomfort well, and distress. And as a, a beautiful example, some of her homework assignments were to do this very thing, kind of right. not. But um, why? But how can she, as a good person, how can she allow her husband hmm. to suffer when she could do something to take care of it? 
Isn't that wrong? Yeah. Well, there's the, I think, uh, the, probably the philosophy that a lot of people work from. Ah, yeah. Which is what? How would you characterize that? If philosophy? I can prevent, um, distress in others, it's my responsibility to do, to so. do so. Yeah. Then I must do so. Now, but that, see, it doesn't, it, this seems murky to me because mm-hmm. it seems like to some extent that's true, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like if you, if you're walking down the street and like an old lady like falls over and spills all her groceries and, and you just like walk by and don't help, like, I don't know. I would think you were a jerk if you did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would feel like a jerk if I did that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because presumably I would feel some sense of responsibility to help this person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So clearly that's not completely ridiculous. The idea that you, <laughs> that we would uh, feel responsible for helping other people. But I think what, what we're suggesting with hyper responsibility is there are almost an infinite number of people who are potentially suffering in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. And you could do something to help a lot of them, but yeah. you don't, you don't, you don't donate to every single charity online every single day. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't you feel bad for that? Because you could help somebody who's suffering and you don't. Yeah, well, and, and there you have to draw a philosophy around where am I responsible and where am I going to feel that that guilt and, and when am I not, I guess. But I think this is hard for people to wrap their heads around mm-hmm. because it means there's no there's no technically clean well, answer to this. Well, let me let me kind of, yeah, let me give you a murky answer with a metaphor okay. similar to the one you chose. You wouldn't, when uh, walking towards um, an Olympic weightlifter, um, carrying a, a gallon of milk, you wouldn't take that gallon of milk for him and say, let me help you. <laughs> and you probably don't do that for able-bodied people that you see walking down the street that are not struggling with their responsibilities in any way, right? You don't mm-hmm. offer to help people who are managing just fine. right? And it's more the fact that you see someone um, or, or see a potential outcome for someone and feel so anxious about it, so distressed about it, that you're then kind of compelled to act. And, and there's where I think the inter- uh, an interesting part of this is, is that it's, it's this compelling kind of feeling, right? My, as part of homework assignments, we would arrange experiences where she would not help. Mm-hmm. She, she would really withhold that, that help. And what she discovered was the experience for her partner went fine. He was more than capable of buying a toothbrush at the hotel lobby. <laughs> You know, because he forgot his. He was more than happy to just um, uh, not wear a suit coat because he forgot it and didn't matter at all, right? Right. Um, what she found out was so difficult was her own emotional experience throughout that time because she just kept playing out these awful scenarios about what could be happening mm-hmm. and and blaming herself for those non-events, basically. Um, so it was this in, intense rehearsal of these calamities that, that may potentially happen mm-hmm. um, that, that kind of compelled behavior in other experiences to kind of fix it and make sure that toothbrush was there and make sure that suit coat, coat was pressed and in his bag. So it, it is much more about your anxiety, though, than the need for someone's assistance. And then I think that's important to try to find out. You, you, don't, want, yeah. you don't want to feel anxiously responsible for things that other people can manage just fine on their own. So here's my, let me, here's my theory for hyper responsibility for what causes it. Okay. Okay. I think a lot of things can sort of set you up and predispose you for this. It could be the way you were raised. It could be some 
traumatic event in your life. It could be just a bunch of habits built up over time. But the thing that kind of keeps it going, I think, is that people are afraid to feel sad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by this is, if you talk to people who have a lot of hyper-responsibility, the two most common painful emotions they describe are anxiety and guilt. Like, I'm just so worried about what might happen to them. Or I would just feel, or it's like anticipatory guilt. They're anxious about feeling guilty. Yeah. Like if I didn't pack things for him, he might forget something and then I'm going to feel responsible for that. And so they're, they're feeling anxious about feeling guilty. Now I would say both of those are, not the right word here is inappropriate emotions given the circumstance, because what's really going on here is it is possible for her husband to end up in a difficult situation, right? Right. Really, what that would be, that's sadness. When someone else suffers, right, and we, f- we feel for them, mm, we feel, feel sad, sad for yeah. them, right? Now, I think that the trouble, though, with sadness for a lot of people is there is nothing you can do about it. Like when misfortune befalls someone, there isn't anything you can do about it. Mm-hmm. Like you, you are stuck, feeling. you're helpless, yeah. right? And I think people are so unwilling to feel helpless that they, they mm. get themselves feeling anxious and guilty instead because at least with anxiety and guilt, it feels like you can do something. Yeah. You can worry, you can make reparations, you can like... I can take care of that, I yeah. can pack that, I can press that. So I they can, feel bad, they're yeah. stressful, right? Yeah. But at least they get rid of the helplessness part of it. So I think what people really struggle, people who have hyper-responsibility, what they really struggle with is actually something like the acceptance of sadness and grief. The idea yeah. that just bad things happen sometimes and you ultimately, you can't control that. Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. if it's for people you, you love and you care about and you want the best for. Right? Yeah, and I like this idea. I, I, I think this really makes sense, this kind of uh, fear of feeling sadness or helpless in a situation or, or maybe even the fear of feeling, um, or, or, or the idea that you got to, you have to avoid your partner feeling distressed. You can't even think of that, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, maybe a different type of anxiety altogether. I can't even imagine people around me in distress, you know, it just makes me cringe or whatever that is. Well, um, I also wonder though, if, if, um, this can come out of a, a sense of, I, I, a need to control outcomes, right? It has to be this way. And so I'm going to, I'm going to manage every bit of this. Um, yeah, well, I think, I think that you, you often hear about the need for control. Like I have control issues, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I think that, I think it's, that's just the flip side of fear of helplessness. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the, the function of Where this the, pattern is interpreted as I have to have control. Yeah. Right. And it's because what control gets you is, it either alleviates helplessness and or makes you feel powerful, mm-hmm. right? Which are, which are on the same spectrum. They're on the same kind of continuum, right? Yeah. But, but need for control and fear of helplessness are, they're like, like some kind of yin yang yeah. situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Um, you know, the, another thought I had is this is, this is probably hugely reinforced um, or, or definitely reinforced by my client by this, this other person just being happy to like say thank you for packing right. all this stuff. And so there is this kind of immediate kind of positive verbal reinforcement along with, you know, hey, did everything go okay? And then they just rattle off like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. you packed this and you did, th-. you know, and there is this sense of like mastery probably or even like, ooh, I'm good at that and I need to keep doing that. Right. Yeah. Or identity. It's a big part of my identity yeah. to be like the caretaker, the caretaker and, and to yeah. make sure that people feel okay. And, um, and if you don't have 
multiple, if your entire identity relies on that one particular aspect of you being the one who like takes care of the family or yeah. something, right? If, if that is threatened and you don't have any other mm-hmm. source of mm-hmm. positive identity, you are going to hold on to that. Yeah. Like your life depends on it and do right? it well. So it, an interesting like long-term strategy to hyper responsibility, I think is to develop alternative sources of identity and, and pride and self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because as the, as you build those up, it will be easier to let go of these um, these uh, parts of your identity that are keeping you kind of stuck in hyper responsibility. Yeah, yeah, and, and and moving towards kind of right siding this is a good process for people. I I think I would initially just encourage you maybe to be mindful about um, what what goes on for you in these side these contexts and to think about what you feel um, in those contexts and why maybe. I think getting curious about your own experience and kind of going, why do I feel so, you know, compelled to pack this stuff for them, for him and, and, um, and, or, you know, with your counselor, maybe talk those things out because there's probably lots of interesting nuances that could develop and why you would maintain these kinds of kind of, kind of hyper responsible patterns. Yeah. Hey everyone, Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.